Hey people, this is Aram, and welcome back to God's Fall as we set up Season 4. This is the last bit of audio recorded with our old microphones as the players interrogate the god of plants and set off toward the grand city of Capania. For the next several episodes, our new character joins the cast and Carlos Luna from the Dungeon Rats finally makes Para a proper PC. I am also happy to announce that the God's Fall Worldbook is done and PDFs have already been sent out to all of our Kickstarter backers. If you are a backer and have yet to receive your PDF, head over to godsfall.backerkit.com and look up your pledge to confirm your information. For those of you who missed out on the pledge, head over to godsfall.com worldbook to reserve your copy today. And with that out of the way, let's get back to the show. My name is Michael, and I play Zion Preeton, a sixth-level human sorcerer. My name is Steven, and I play Torik Wildtongue, a sixth-level dwarf paladin. My name is Kelly. I play Rena Falaval, a sixth-level wild elf ranger. My name is Doug, and I play Doro Knot, level six halfling rogue. Last time on Godsfall. The players found themselves drawn by a mysterious force and were pulled across space and time, rejoining in the vast Torahor deserts of Rizan. They faced the riddles of a pair of sphinxes before being greeted by the arisen god of plants, a divine being in the form of an awakened cactus. The cactus god empowered the magical items given to them by Steelbeard before pulling the treant's essence from Torvik to reincarnate the old king as a living ironwood ship. The party is preparing to set sail to Capania, the golden capital city of Rizan, but first they have a few more questions for their new friend. A boat has literally just been summoned from nothing in front of you, rolled down into the sea and set sail. Steelbeard has been summoned from the dead, it would seem, although it's a plant, so plants work, of course, differently than mortals. He just so regrew it? Basically just regrew it from the essence of it. Ripped it from me callously. And... Steelbeard needed to store some seeds in you, buddy. Oh. Thanks for helping out. The cactus god looks pleased? You think? They just look happy. Yeah, right. You take the lead. Why me? Why is it always me? Because you, <laughs> during information stuff, you're investigating. That's really yeah. hurt. Can we stop doing things that hurt? The plant god reaches over and runs a hand across your arm, leaving behind this cooling salve, and you suddenly just feel calm and at peace. It doesn't change the fact that you put me through that again. But thank you for the ship. So how did you find us and how did you get us here? The god of plants leans down and spreads their arms wide and now shows you visions of yourselves in petals and leaves and flowers and vines. Doro, there's an image of you walking barefoot through the grass. There's an image of Para leaning against a tree. There's an image of oinkers rooting through a brush. And as they do, as they brush against these plants and vines and flowers, there's a burst of pink and purple petals, just a tiny little spark at every contact that then fade immediately back into the astral realm and reach back to the god of plants. And this is how they knew where you were, because they're in contact with every plant 
in the world. How long have you had your powers? You pull back until you see that half semicircle of world and the plants are going to rotate and make it look like it turns. And there is all of a sudden a, a stalk that grows up and a huge red flower is born and it's sent crashing into the planet and there's all these red flowers that that build up in waves and black kind of forms all around it and there's this, this just spinning red core and then it cools down to brown and oranges and those become green and blue again. And as soon as that happens, there's a pink and purple energy that seems to form in the center and spread across the planet. So the suggestion seems to be the second planet that, that plants took root again, after the cataclysm, they were born. And you've known your divinity since you came about again? And they nod. There are some of us though, some of the arisen who are not as good as others. Some actually intend to do ill. And uh, you should watch out for them because they could also try to take your powers. One is the arisen god of order. And they wave their hand across the sand and a dozen I, yellow flowers merge to form a fist yes. and then sink back into sand. And the god of sport. Waves again. Many uh, vines weave together to form a mask and then fade back into sand. Do you know where they are right now? All the sand is, re is replaced with the literal ocean of blue flowers. Then all this green comes up and you can recognize the northern shoreline of Brennus. And you see like a boat surrounded in pink and, you know, and pink and purple energy. So a boat that's formed by a single flower with pink and purple flowers around it sailing across this ocean of flowers. And you see it passing where the voiceless peaks are east towards maybe the bluffs. Uh, you're not sure. There's only a couple real places along that way, unless they're going all the way to Tails Bay or perhaps wrapping around, but they're going east towards uh, the, the northern peninsula. Is my forest safe? The cactus god waves their hand again, and the sea turns into tiny little trees that sprout from the ground until there's a mass forest in front of you, and you recognize the shape of the northern peninsula of Brennus. The view shifts, and now you're at the spine of the world just above the ironwood, and it shifts again, zooming in, and you see Automeal formed of plants and leaves and vines with several other elves climbing the mountain. The view shifts again, and you see Automeal and these elves battling Kadarian forces. There are dwarves centered around a tree, and there's fire burning, and you recognize this tree as a dream tree. The view pulls back again, and there is an explosion, and one of the ironwood trees falls to the water below, and then everything falls back to sand. So no. <laughs> <laughs> is Automeal is okay? They nod. Where is the mountain? It's the giant curving arc towards the top, around Rylan. Oh. What other questions do you have? You seem to have a concept of time. They nod. We had two different t days when we were teleported with using your portals. They nod. Can you explain how that was different for us? They seem to think for a moment, and they slowly wave their hand, and you see an image of a young girl and she's walking across the desert, formed of like 
ivory flowers and plants, and her hair swaying behind as flowers bloom within it. And she walks across the desert, and as she walks, there's a form of a, of a sphinx that rises up, yellow and gold of flowers, and she waves a hand, and it freezes. She walks past the second a sphinx in the same way it freezes. She walks past the third in the same way it freezes. And she walks, and she walks straight through the arch of trees, and she walks all the way up the temple to where the god of plants was sitting. And she opens her hands and curls them, and sand poured through them as if through an hourglass and gathered in a pile at the god of plants' feet. And then she waved her hand, and the sand spread and it glowed with this pink and purple energy, just like with the astral realm, and the little grains of sand fed into the sand around him. And they fed into the trees and into his, and into his powers. And you get a sense from this, just of seeing it, that that must be the goddess of time. How long ago did that happen? They have this memory, but they don't understand when. So we know that she's arisen then, and she that the flowers look like she's like a grown woman or like a girl. Like it's, I know it's hard to tell they're flowers, but you know. They <laughs> open their hands again, and you can see a close-up of the face, mm -hmm. and the face is a young girl, an old woman, a middle-aged, you know, it just keeps shifting. Gotcha. Is Ani okay? I guess is the thing I should ask. How goes life in Ani? White flowers form massive walls all around you. Like, even the topographical map that he creates is huge. It's still feels large like Ani, and it rises, and you can almost hear the trumpets as it forms all around you and then sinks back into the sand. Seems fine. Have you seen the goddess Phryony? They not. The walls rise up that you just saw for, on, for Ani. They bring everything right back, and then their hand reaches out, and you kind of zoom over the canal. You see blue flowers rising up and moving as you zip across the canal to the palace, which again is formed out of ivory flowers. And you roll along to the top of the palace where blue flowers billow out from the top of the well and along the tops of the wall. And you see a single ivory flower come to the top and around the well. And they point to it clearly identifying that white flower as a Phryne. The blue at the well begins to swirl and a hole opens and the little white flower falls straight into the hole. And then there's a flash of pink and purple energy and the whole city fades away. What on earth could that mean? Did she jump in the wa water? They nod. <laughs> <laughs> She's in the tier of Sito? They nod, but even they don't seem quite sure kind of nod. Yeah, like, like... <laughs> and they wave their hands and the whole thing turns blue again. Just all blue of flowers from every direction you can see, indicating a very wide area of water. And then there's a single white flower in the middle of it. And they gesture as if that would mean something. <laughs> Thanks for your vague clues. And, um, they, and, they, and they nod and it returns to sand. <laughs> Do you know where the god of death is right now? As the blue flowers begin to fade back into sand, he, oh, and he calls back a section of them and calls a large section of green grasses too to show you the western coast, clearly the western coast of Wessel. Flatland prairie? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they haven't even gotten past Wessel yet. They haven't gotten far, fortunately. Your bird will get there before, the, the warning will come first. Yeah. Now, uh, what are all the things that uh, we're too stupid to think to ask? <laughs> so <is that. laughs> 
We don't know. None of us know about Haldir, right? No. We no reason for you to ask about him. Yeah. Yep. I really wish there was. But I know. Never met him. Don't know him. So you'll meet him soon. Can you show me something known as the Giudari? Huge rocks are pushed forth by the roots, and then also roots kind of bend around them to hold them in place. So there's this towering, towering mountain that could only be the coal spire. There's nothing taller. And there's a huge, jagged crack through it. And it kind of flies down low, and there's a little trickle of water until it spills down a waterfall and into this lush, tropical oasis, deep, deep within the coal spire. And in there, there are these uh, large ape-like creatures, about 12 feet tall each, uh, gray-skinned usually, all, you know, gray to black, somewhere within that range. And then there are the occasional white version of them, just like shock white. And they have a society. Mm-hmm. Is there a little golden fist they're bowing to? Uh, <laughs> n- not, that, not, not that you were uh, shown. Okay. You know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. All in the center of the village. Uh, <laughs> all the little flowers yeah. bending to one big yeah. giant golden flower. Uh, uh. <laughs> Do you want to come with us? They wave their hands and it all clears out to sand. And there's a flower that grows on this side. There's a flower that grows on this side. And in the center, a small cactus grows. Little flowers grow, and each like there's a red one for pear. Like you can tell for some reason, you know that each one matches up with you, and you see the flowers start to walk this way, and you see the cactus start to follow. And as it does, this flower grows brighter and bolder. But as it does, this one begins to die, and then he steps back in the center, and they both can flourish, and he nods. He's always going to be with us, is what he's saying. But he has to stay there because he keeps the world healthy, sort of, is what it looks what are, like. Well, what are the two <laughs> flowers? Yeah. yeah what are the what two are flowers the different represent? sides of the world? It's the, how you interpret it. I mean, this is what he's presented. This is his answer. Well, those other flowers need to wither, obviously. So, <laughs> Can we talk to you through plants now? If we were to push our divinity through them, could we ask you questions? He reaches a hand out and it forms a pink and purple stone out of flowers. And he gestures, and then it goes back, and he hands, and he, put, and he puts a hand out to you. I thank him, and I grab the stone. No, 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 no. Oh, sorry. It formed, pink and purple flowers oh, formed the, the image of, of a stone, and then faded back into his hand. He wants a godstone? He wants the eye of saw? No, no, no. He wants give a godstone? Uh, give him a godstone. Give him a godstone. Yeah. Oh, give him a godstone? not. Sure. <laughs> and clamps around it, and starts calling forth vines and all these other kind of things, like vines and flowers and everything around it. And he's just like this energy swirling all around him. And his, the sockets where there would be eyes light up pink and purple. And there's kind of crackling of energy all across. They bloom all across their back as they're doing this. And they're moving the flowers in and the, the things just start to vanish in, inside. And then finally, they're done and they're is a godstone handed back to you, surrounded in vine that's all curled around it so you can just see the edges of the vines through it. And they make a gesture as if they're holding something to their forehead. So I guess I hold it to my forehead. And as soon as, like, like the vines, like, like ah, it, right, exactly. Takes over your mind. I know how it feels. And then you just are like, you're, see, you're here, but you're also seeing yourself from a different angle right here 
and, so the, like and the God of Plants turns to the viewpoints you have in your mind's eye and waves. Cool. What? We can Skype God call him. Godstone Skype. Basically. Skype call him. Basically. And then he just. Okay. How many of those do you have left? Five. Oh, okay. We've been uh, collecting. Busy. Is there anything that you need from us? They shake their head no. We don't. We don't do quests. We just <laughs> save the world. Yeah. <laughs> There well, and they're obviously one. way more powerful than we are right yeah. now, so whatever. <laughs> like, in their own certain way, right. yes. Is there any really important knowledge you could give us on about our journey? <laughs> no, like, like, as in like a parting token, like not as in like, a, give me a plot point. General, what's a general beware that you could think to give us? <laughs> he just points around to everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, again, I mean, I, I think they would form the tower again because that is the biggest threat in their eyes. And you see the god of chaos. There's like a swirl along backward to her. So you're seeing her rage against the wall, but the god of plants is able to shift the perspective until you can see behind her. And there's a weird spidering of black from the center of her spine and around her in flowers and kind of a tendril leading off her that vanishes into the world a storm. And then it falls back into sand again. Do you know anything of the comet? They shake their head no. Okay, just making sure. There'd be no way. No plants on the comet. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. <laughs> I'm just wondering, yeah. they can still look up at the sky, they're still a being. But they may not understand the yeah. sky. Are you ready to go, my friends? <laughs> he lowers a plank down. Because he has full control over the ship. He raises and lowers, the, like as he, as he lowers a plank down, he raises the sails, he pulls up his, I mean, he literally can just control everything on his own, you just gotta tell him what to do. Uh, I get on the boat. Yeah. I, gonna say goodbye. I teleport. We say the boat. goodbye. Yes, thank I you so much him. for all of your help. They would bow as well, and they would hand you all a uh, flower, a namesake a flower. I run up and I just give them a big old hug. <laughs> they would return the hug and, and, and very carefully pull back quills so that where your arm lays, it's just cactus and not spines. And wow. then, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ow, 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 ow. There's a Torvik spot on him. <laughs> yeah, let's exactly. go. Exactly. <laughs> and then they all grow back. Yeah, 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 exactly. And Caitlin runs up and just hugs. And they lean down and hugs and, and runs fingers all along the edge. And as they're trailing fingers uh, along the edge of her hair, a little like half circle of flowers and vines weave in. And just kind of ring her. How come head? Caitlin didn't get a thing? Oh, she did. She got Caitlin a dagger. Cool I ass. can't remember this you dagger for some reason. It's put in a place yeah. in my memory that keeps turning invisible. I don't know what's happening. Because you've already stolen it. Oh, you've that's already, why. In your mind, you've that's already why. stolen the dagger. I already own it. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, you're not old enough for this yet. Yeah. <laughs> that, it is no, she doesn't want she's not giving up that dagger. That's her. <laughs> she got it from the cactus. The, yeah, the cactus gave it to her. Doro, I'm keeping it. So you all go on to the boat, and the cactus waves goodbye. All of the uh, all of the plants in the beds under the water around the boat alight with phosphorescence and follow as you go out. So there's these lines of pink and purple energy that kind of just trail your boat. You can sleep, my friends. I shall keep a keen eye out. Keep forgetting he can talk. I can talk. I can hear as well in every single room. It's all me, really, so I hear and see every single thing that happens on this boat. Good to see you, my friends. This is great! A little, little privacy, please. <laughs> Where shall we go? 
Well, first uh, off to Capernia, I suppose, to get some uh, supplies, and then well, we're... it's called Capernia, but Capernia it is. <laughs> and it, like, like there's like a like a sharp turn, the sails fill, and you are heading south, uh, easty, towards Capernia. Everyone levels up. Yay. So you are all now level six. Woo. And yeah, uh, if you guys want to sleep, you can, uh, again, Bodie McBoatface can keep watch. I will keep watch, my friends. And if you guys want to train, Caitlin can try to bring two of you in, or just one of you to train with her, whichever you want to do. Rena's like, I want to go. Who would you like to train with? Tiago. Caitlin just takes your hand, and you instantly go to sleep, and you wake up in the treehouse. Caitlin, have you named the treehouse? No. It's so many places that to give it a name would be strange. Because to name something makes it single. And this is everywhere and nowhere. And so she waves a hand and the wall vanishes next to her and you step out onto a roof. You step out onto one of the warehouse roofs in Port Bliss at night. Actually, I turn to Caitlin and I say, for today, because I'm doing it easy, can you give me a forest with him? And she waves her hand, and in the iron foot. This is my first training step. <laughs> trying to kill Tiago Reese yeah. over and over. So you are in now the iron wood, and you are right, you're on the northern bank of the flow. I don't know what to do. Search for him. Yeah, yeah I guess I should just track him. Give me a survival, please. Yeah, and it's a forest, right? It's my forest, it too. It is your forest. So I have a, I think I have, you I don't definitely know, have advantage, advantage for yeah. This. 21. You start deeper in, into the woods and begin looking for signs, and you're finding, like, not that many of them. He's obviously good at this, but he's not as good as you are. And you're finding a snap twig, or you're finding a footprint here and there, and you're tracking down as you go. Caitlin is keeping up very well with you, but you never, whenever you look to see her, she's walking alongside you, but as soon as you turn your head, it's like you feel that she's no longer there. And then you'll turn and she'll be on the other side of you, or she'll be a little bit ahead. You never see her move, you never see it shift, but she's just there. Or just there. the hair get up from ring. <laughs> <laughs> right in front of you. So you track for a while and then I need a perception. 23 plus my seven, so 30. You track and then you stop and you get low. Here out very carefully. And about 50 feet ahead, there's a clearing. There's a small campsite. There's no fire lit. There's definitely a bedroll. And there's like a man in a cloak with his back to you sitting on a log. Time to try out the entanglement arrow. All right, roll to hit. Nope, nope, lucky. It didn't happen. Fair enough. <laughs> wow, not much better. 14. 14, okay, 14. The arrow strikes directly in the back of the cloaked figure, and the vines wrap around it, but they just close tight. And you suddenly realize that it's just a stick with a cloak wrapped over it. Perception. Nat 20. You just look up in time to see Tiago Reese coming down on you with a pair of short swords. Roll initiative. Dun, dun, dun. 
beat a 20. I did it. I got a 10. And he's going to roll to strike you with those swords. Does a 14 hit you? No. All right. And does, does a 22 hit you? Mm, yeah. You get like the edge of your bow up and you're able to deflect one of the short swords. The other one buries itself into your shoulder. Eight points of damage. My go. Yeah, now you are toe to toe with him. Yeah, he's right in front of me? Yep. Mm, yeah. Not a good place to be. No. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna shoot the arrow at him point blank, but it's gonna be one of my signal arrows, so it's just gonna be really bright, so I'm trying to blind him. All right, excellent, <laughs> excellent. 11. You pulled it back, but you said the word too soon. You missed, and it just flew right by his head. Well, I guess I'm gonna have to back away from him. He'll get a swing at me, probably. He will. All right, well, I'm trying to dart up into a tree. And he's gonna try and trip you. 21. Yeah. As you go to step backwards, he just kind of sweeps his leg parry. around. When another creature damages you with a melee attack, you can use your reaction to expend one superiority die to reduce the damage by the number you roll. You on your could reduce the damage, but he's not damaging you. He's right. tripping you. Oh, okay. So, so never mind. Not yeah, unfortunately, it yeah, it's can. not damaged, so it doesn't work. So he knocks you off your feet, and you are now prone. Not a good place to be. I can just try and shoot him with a disadvantage on the ground. Yeah, you can, yeah, you yeah. can bow up, <laughs> point it upwards. Up. Yeah, absolutely. 14. Uh, 14 does not hit him. Yeah. You know, two short swords kneels down and goes to plunge both of them into your chest. It actually hurts. Okay. 24 is going to hit you. And, oh, and a 12 is going to miss you. I'm going to so parry again, that one then. Excellent. Okay. So the damage is going to be 9. All right, reduce it down to five. You entangle up his arm with the bow, and it just slices along your shoulder instead of burying deep into it. Is he done? Uh, no, he actually has one more attack. So what? He's going, he did two. He did a uh, dual attack, mm. and now he's just going to pull back with the one that he missed and try and stab you again. And that's going to be a 24, so that's definitely going to hit you. And that's going to be six more points of damage. Can I use half my movement to get up? He okay. rolls off you and I'll, and I'll just say that in that movement, you're able to stand up. Still trying to, with the rest of my movement, get into a tree. You'll get to a tree. Yeah. Yeah, I get you're to the tree. At a tree. Yeah. I get to the tree and then I'm going to shoot him twice. Okay. I can use my action to hide, right? Because he was rolling and because you have the natural ability as a wild yeah, elf, I yes, I would say yeah, you I could use that moment cool. to hide. All right. Okay, roll hide. Stealth. Stealth, right. 23. So he has a bow in his hands, and he's looking Short for you. Short bow or long bow? Short bow. And he doesn't seem to see you this round. Got the bow out and ready. You can interpret this as holding an action until he sees something. 28. Yeah, that'll do it. Okay. Yes. All right. So, so you fire. Uh, roll damage. Okay. Uh, 13. Dead right to his forehead, and boom, he catches it and then flares right. And he drops it, and he's got one hand up over his eyes. What's your next action? Uh, Eat his heart. I'm gonna, I wanna move. So, like, I shot him like, face value, and then I'm gonna do, 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 through some trees to like the side. I'm gonna draw back and see if I can get my extra damage. Good time for this, actually, because I'm gonna say that he's temper, he's blinded for this instant, so he cannot catch this arrow. Nine. But he did hear it. 
you just saw him kind of turn his head slightly when you pulled back the bow and you fired. He heard the arrow coming and he leaned back as it just skated in front of his face. And a second later, he pulls back and fires two arrows in your direction. The first is a natural one, though. He fires, but his bowstring snaps. He's actually pulled out the second arrow before he even realized it, and then he drops it and drops the arrow and pulls out swords, but he doesn't have a bow any longer. Got real lucky on that one. Do the drawback again. 20. Uh, 20 wait, will wait, hit no, him. it goes down five because I drew uh, back, so it, 15. Yeah, he moves at, at the last second, the arrow passes him, and he's clearly going to make a sprint for you on the next round. I'm going to shoot him one more time. Uh, 19. Go ahead and roll damage. 13. It comes for his chest, he catches it, spins around, and throws it back at you. Does a 22 hit you? Yes. So the damage is 11. And I block all of the damage. You fire an arrow, he catches the arrow, spins around in a full 360, hurls it back at you supernaturally, it seems, and it comes flying as if it was fired out of a bow, and at the very last second, you get your, your own bow, the edge of it, because it's ironwood, right in front, and just ping and deflects off from you, and you're staring him down. That's some fucking Jedi-level shit right there. Damn. He charges straight at you. He's grappling. He wants to give me a hug. I don't want a hug. Oh, battle hug. He's going to give you a big old hug. Is this a saving throw for me, or is it? This is a athletics or acrobatics check. Beat a 25. 25. So he gets a hold of your cloak, and you are just able to wiggle out of it. And now he's just kind of left with your cloak in his hands, and you're five feet back. But he has a second attack. Uh, and that is a 22. Take 12 points of damage as he slashes across your leg. I want to impose bad luck on him. Seems like a good idea. <laughs> so I don't, do I roll, what do will. I roll? Roll wisdom? Ha, I said will that time. <laughs> 18. The same thing you did with Sirena except in reverse. To get, like, like, like you're closing off pathways around him. You're closing off opportunities. This is my chance to hop away. He gets an attack of opportunity Yep, on me. exactly, except it'd be a disadvantage. That's a 17. And that's a natural 20. And that's going to be for 12 points of damage. All right, I'm parrying. <laughs> you said 12? Mm -hmm. All right, I get rid of all of it but one. Nice. It's kind of like cuts your finger. Yeah. <laughs> ah. Yep. No. Uh, oh, wait, um, shit. He cut you with that sword. I need you to roll no! a constitution save. Yep. Nine. Well, all right. Uh, you feel woozy, yeah, yeah, you, you feel woozy, you fall to the ground, and as you fall, you like wake up and you like, kind of bounce off the deck, and you're, oh, oh, and you're back on the ship. I walk around on the deck, angry, angry. Just back and forth. Angry, around, stomping on the deck. Don't speak to me. She had a bad dream.
So you guys are, wait, so we're heading to Rizon, right? Okay, the one thing I want to do for that day is to uh, create a new battery. Yeah, in fact, when you go down into the hull, Steelbeard can hear you everywhere. So you're kind of talking to him and you're like, you know, is there a place that can work? And like, he creates, you know, he changes the walls around and changes the safe and creates a room with a long bench and he vents it well and gives you a very good place to work. He can't really, you know, create you know, stuff, compounds and things stuff, like that. You know, right, I exactly. Uh, I have the vials I need. I have copper wire that I need. It's all in my pack. Perfect. So, uh, and of course, I have my vials of, uh, of uh, ground plant corn sure. corn. Yeah. And my vial of uh, beholder blood. Yep. And now I also have uh, what, what else? Chunk of sphinx. Yeah. Can I have some some scrapings of sphinx? Please, I just Europe? gave it to you. Okay, thanks. Um, it's literally a chunk of gold. Yeah. <laughs> right. um, yeah, but it's from a magical creature. Correct. So uh, created by something divine. So correct. Um, I, some residual energy. Right. So my theory is that back when I made my first battery and it exploded in my face. Right. Um, when it did, and I used my divinity to pull it out of my face. Right. It was still glowing. Right. Which makes me think that it is about surface area and not size. So here's my plan. I build the coils just like I had before, but this time. I make one with a gel mixture of ground godstone dust from that one that blew up in my face, plant a corn horn and beholder blood with a little bit of sphinx bits. I mix it all together in order to create a new battery. I'm going to say that, you, that, this, that this will take you uh, a full two days because it's a little bit more complicated. So you'll arrive in Capena first and at the beginning of the next game, we'll see what happens. And while they're all doing this, and she's training, and he's making stuff, I yeah. keep hanging out with Leafbeard or Steelbeard. With, with a Steelbeard steel beard. a lot, yeah. And I, I keep asking him questions like, "Can are, do you get cold in no. the ocean?" Well, there are some areas of the ocean that are colder than others, but this water is quite fine for me, Doro. Doesn't wood warp in water? Living wood does not, Doro. I can control it. I can replenish it at will. How can you make yourself bigger and smaller like that? Well, the god of plants has given me abilities I've never had before. When she comes back out of her training, okay, angry, she storms Visibly around angry. for a little bit yeah. and then stops and looks up because something annoys her up there. I'm up in the crow's nest with my spyglass. Sure. We're both singing uh, because at this point I've been singing this to him the whole time. So okay. we, we, we basically are both singing this at the same time. I am a boat, I like to float, and I can help you cross a moat. I, I like, like to sail just like a whale. We, we travel down the ocean trail. I used to be a giant tree, but now I glide across the sea. The likelihood for success is good when your hull is made of ironwood. My friends divine, our fates entwined, we fight for all of mortal kind. Thank you for joining us for the first episode of God's Fall Season 4. We have the next eight episodes already recorded, and I can tell you with absolute certainty that they are some of the best and the most intense we have ever played. I also want to remind you that the God's Fall Worldbook is available for pre-order right now at worldbook.godsfall.com and print copies are going fast, so be sure to reserve yours today. God's Fall recently joined forces with the Dungeon Rats to form a podcasting collective known as Neon Rival. Our first venture together is a short-run series as we tackle the Tomb of Annihilation. 
We have more series planned, including an original Star Trek podcast run by Patrick O'Rourke and an original superhero story I am currently writing and casting. So check us out at NeonRival.com or by following us on Twitter at NeonRivals. I cannot wait for you all to hear what we have planned. This show was produced and edited by Dead Ghost Productions. Find out more about us and all the shows we make at deadghostpro.com. Deadghostpro.com.